If you've got a personal auto insurance question, you could talk to a cab driver. Although the policies he recommends might include avoiding the interstate, beating traffic by taking the back roads, and only making left turns when absolutely necessary. Or you could talk to your local GEICO agent, whose policy is to use their expertise to navigate your insurance, finding the best route to help you save money on insurance for your home, car, and more. And as an added bonus, you'll be able to avoid traffic jams and potholes entirely. To find a GEICO agent near you, visit geico.com local. Hi, this is Father Louis Skurdy with Friends of the Word, the Lenten Word. We're here during the season of Lent, reflecting on Christ in our lives and how to create a more a personal relationship with Him. Today we have in the scriptures His response to us that we should knock always and ask always. And we have a very strong woman in the Old Testament that we're going to hear about and how she responded to the call of God in her life and saved her people the people of Israel. Thank you for joining us. Let me hear from you. Father Lou Skirty at Hotmail.com. God bless you. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. A clean heart create for me, O Lord. Give me back the joy of your salvation. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks the door will be opened. Which of you would hand your child a stone when he asks for a loaf of bread? or a snake when he asks for a fish. If you, who are wicked, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Heavenly Father give good things to those who ask Him? Do to others whatever you would have them do to you. This is the Law and the Prophets. The Gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, yesterday was the International Day of Women, but today, in the scriptures, and on the Feast of St. Francis of Rome, we have an example of strong women. And I think we have to realize that in, in the context of our faith, the strong women in, in the Bible, the strong women in the New Testament, as well as the Old uh, who led us and pointed the way for us to God. Okay, so let's go to Francis of Rome. She was a married woman, wealthy, 14th century, um, and yet she was interested in not only her own status as a married woman, who gave birth to several children, but she was interested in serving the poor. So she, she devoted her life 
to poverty, to, to taking care of the poor, very much like um, St. Mother Teresa of Calcutta. Eventually, she, her husband died, her children died, she was still there. She opened up part of her house, her palace, to the poor, and she founded a kind of religious order, oblates, um, to serve the poor. They were uh, unvowed women who were invited to join her. And the house was called the Oblates of the Congregation of Mount Olivet. Again, a strong woman who created ministry based on her faithful priorities. And her priorities were to give voice and, and action to the faith that she had in Jesus Christ. Okay, so we'll talk about that in a second. I mean, we have talked about that. And we have now Jesus in, in, the, in the example of the Gospel of Matthew telling us, ask, whatever. So one of the women in the Old Testament who asked God for strength was Queen Esther. I don't know how much you know about Queen Esther, but she is a key component in the Jewish feast of Purim. And the story is, the king of Persia, where, they, where the Jews were, uh, had a beautiful wife. He wanted to show her off. She was defiant, so he knocked her off the pedestal. And he went looking for a new wife. And the wife he found was Esther. So Esther was a Jew, however. And um, his associates didn't really like Esther, the fact that she was a Jew. Um, and there was a major associate whose name was, was Haman, who was really antagonistic. So he developed a plan to kill not only Esther, but the king. And he was one of the king's men. Now, it's a very intriguing story. You've got to read it to get all the details. I'm summarizing. So what happens is, Esther finds out about the plot through her brother, Mordecai. She tells Mordecai what happened. She goes to the king, tells him what happened. And what we've got here now in this section of the scripture today, in, in, Ezekiel, um, in uh, chapter, uh, hold on, hold on. Aspect, aspect. Don't go away. In chapter uh, 12, is her praying. She was seized with mortal anguish, and she had recourse to the Lord. God of Abraham, God of Isaac, God of Jacob, blessed are you. Help me. I'm alone, and I have no help but you. Okay, that's key for our faith theme today, calling upon God. So go back to history. So she tells the king, your buddy Haman's planning to assassinate you. Haman is hung in the gallows that he created for Mordecai, her brother, and the king. So he gets killed. Now, I'm not saying we should encourage people to kill people, but this is, this is uh, sword and dagger history, biblical history. Esther becomes the queen, and she becomes the savior of her people, in a sense, because of her intervention, because of her strength. Now, there's a lot of intrigue associated with that. I mean, I say it in a few sentences, but you can imagine what was going on, both from the perspective of Esther and Mordecai and Haman. Because it was a symbol of salvation for the Jews, that this strong woman was a key component of saving the Jewish people and her brother Mordecai, the Jews create a holiday. It's called Purim. So we're celebrating Purim today. Now, I didn't get a chance to stop in the bakery, but the Jews create a little 
cake. I used to have it, my father used to bring it home when we were kids. It was called Hamantash. It's a triangular cake, and in the middle of it, it's like pastry folded over. In the middle of it is like the flavor of, I think, prunes or some sort of fruit. They were called Hamantash. Hamantash are examples of Haman's hat. He was conquered. He was destroyed. So to celebrate that conquering, the Jews celebrate Purim, and they eat Hamantash. But something else they do, which is very interesting, is in the scriptures, as they're being read in the temple, when Haman's name is said, people go, hiss, 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 boo, 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 and they make, they make noise shakers, you know, like, so nobody hears the name of Haman. Cute tradition, uh, salvific situation for the Jews, a, a very enlightening experience of our ancestors. Again, a woman. So we have Francis of Rome, we have Esther the Queen, and we have the women who are here present today. All of us are called to be followers of Jesus Christ. All of us are called, are called to be people who have enough courage that if I ask the Lord something, he's going to answer me. Not only women, men and women, children, elderly, seniors, developmentally disabled, handicapped, doesn't matter. God answers us. Now, I don't think most of us will ever have the experience of being on the borderline of assassinating a king or, or saving our people. But we, we, we do have that challenge every day to save one another, to pray for one another, to do good for each other. Esther's a a, a woman role model in the Old Testament. You got Mary in the New Testament. You got Elizabeth in the New Testament. You got the women who followed Jesus in the New Testament. Role models who understood their role was to bring God to people. New Testament is Jesus. Old Testament is the God of, of their ancestors. God the Father, we say. God of Isaac and Jacob. God of the people of Israel. But it's not only for women to do that, it's for all of us. And looking around in this church right now, women dominate. There are mostly women here. And in our church, no secret here, the greater number of active people are the women, the leaders, the religious ed coordinators, maybe someday priests, I don't know. But the women have been followers of Jesus Christ in the scriptures. And as the, church, as, as the world stops yesterday and says, okay, we have to honor women internationally, we have to honor women, of course. But it shouldn't be a day to honor women. It should be our role, who are children of women, to honor our mothers, our ancestors, and the women of politics, the women of the church, the women of society. Regrettably, it's the women in very, very poor countries that teach there because it's a hierarchical system so often, teach their children, who are usually girls, how to cook, how to bathe, how to do the domestic things. And because of the conditions of so many poor countries throughout the world, the water, and the conditions in which they are involved are polluted. So the, the, the continuation 
of service goes on to their community. But now the outsider, us, have to look through that community, and we do that through Catholic Relief Services, we do it through the UN, we do it through so many agencies that try to raise up the dignity of the poor, men and women, raise up with food, with clean water, with clean energy, with clean air, with conditions of respect. Yeah, and if you look to those poor communities, the men might be the leaders, but the women are the nourishers, the nurturers, the ones who are feeding and nurturing their children and their men. So what does that say for us, the Christian? Respect. Respect for all. Respect for the alien, respect for the migrant, respect for women, men, children, addicts, the poor, the homeless, and together, on your behalf, I'm knocking on the door of faith to ask God to bless our world, to bless our people, that we learn respect and equality for all. And according to Jesus' own words, you knock and it'll be answered. So we're answering the call of God in our lives following Jesus and asking God to hear us as we pray for one another and work toward salvation, but salvation that begins here on earth through equality and justice and love. Your favorite things feel made for you. Your education should too. University of Maryland Global Campus, formerly University of Maryland University College, was made to serve the military and working adults like you. Today, we continue that tradition by offering frequent start dates so you can get started with convenient online learning that fits your schedule, by recognizing your accomplishments with credits you can earn for what you know, by providing no-cost online resources replacing most textbooks because a college education can fit your budget too. And with no SAT or GRE required for most programs. University of Maryland Global Campus. Made for you. Last year, we awarded more than $15 million in scholarships to qualified students, including community college students, service members, veterans, and working adults just like you. Discover how we can make your education and your goals for the future a reality. Visit us at umgc.edu. That's umgc.edu. Certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV. 
Don't miss the year-end appliance savings now at Bray & Scarf with incredible deals in-store and online. Their best-selling models are in stock and ready to go. So book your one-on-one VIP appointment now. Get exclusive double rebates on select GE Profile and Cafe packages, plus a GE Ultra Fresh front-load washer and dryer pair, priced too low to advertise. Enjoy the year-end savings going on now at Bray & Scarf, where it doesn't cost more to get more. 